I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply it's time for today's lucky land horoscope with victoria cash Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Fans, welcome to that extravaganza known as the Steelers Hangover. Brought to you by BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. My good friend Tony Defio is along with us as well. And what we're going to do today is we're simply going to go ahead and talk about the game last night. Is it a bad hangover where you wake up wondering what you've done? how bad you feel, or is it one of those good ones where you're like, hey, that was a good party, and I'm really glad I was involved. And, Tony, I think you could answer the question very easily when I just tell you Steelers 27, Bengals 3. Hey, Brian. Good to be with you, as always. And, yeah, I, I, I don't see how anybody could have a uh, anything bad to say about that game. It was a pretty thorough victory and probably their best game in almost a year. And it was well, well, well needed after the 0-3 start. That's for sure, Tony. I mean, really, the season, you know, that game started for me about 4.05 on, uh, on Sunday afternoon when I saw that the Cleveland Browns beat the Baltimore Ravens. And so all of a sudden, I'm like, hey, they win this game. They're one game back in the division. Yeah. And they've got a division game under their belt. And you got to beat Cincinnati to... Uh, go ahead and uh, you know start that off start division play off well and now they are one game back of Baltimore one game back of Cleveland and Cleveland has a very tough game next Monday night in San Francisco taking on the 3-0 San Francisco 49ers they've had a week off um, hopefully they've uh, had a chance to uh, get all of their uh, their uh, turnovers. Um, 
under control. Let's just put that the ball handling. Let's get that under control. And I'll be really rooting for the Niners next week. But the Steelers, they could really, really do themselves well by beating the Baltimore Ravens at home in Pittsburgh, a Sunday afternoon game. I cannot wait for this. So the big question was week one, was it kind of just like, was it an aberration or have the Steelers turned the corner quite a bit, Tony, in just one game? What did you see yesterday that would make you feel one way or the other? And what way is that? Well, I think they can be turning a corner because it, w- it was Mason Rudolph's second start. And, and I think the, you know, we talked about last week about how, how predictable the offense looked. It looked like Ben, you know, they would run the same kind of, they were running the same kind of stuff that they usually do with Ben. And yesterday was so creative, you know, with Jalen Samuels out of the Wildcat. And, and, and I think Mason Rudolph continued to evolve. But I think that the most important thing is, is they allowed the defense to stay aggressive because they, the offense, had more sustained drives and, and, and they put points on the board. So the defense was able to remain aggressive the entire 60 minutes. And I think you got glimpses of what it could do over in weeks two and three. And yesterday it was, it was a, a 60 minute effort by, by the defense, just a dominant uh, uh, performance by uh, Keith Butler's unit for sure. And you know what? Uh, we do want you to get involved in this as well. Um, in about uh, 20 minutes to a half an hour, we will go ahead and start taking questions. So um, if you want to go ahead and think of some things that you want to put when we do rapid fire and we just answer questions all together, we will go ahead and do that. But yeah, you know, Tony, you bring up a good point. And um, I like to, I always like to say that things roll downhill. And uh, at one point, I don't know whether it was Booger McFarland or uh, the other announcer that went ahead and said, um, I can't even remember. I used to know Monday Night Football announcers' names, and now I just don't know. I, never, I don't recognize that guy at all. So, I mean, gosh, it was Al. It was Howard. You know, I mean, we were on the first right. base, name basement basis. The only reason we know Booger is it's because it's Booger. I mean, the name is Booger. <laughs> right. Um and not the one from the great 1984 classic Revenge of the Nerds. Um, but with that being said, you know, he's, he made, made a point that when the Steelers were driving, it's like this drive looks like they're just going downhill completely. And when I say done, they're running downhill. Mm-hmm. Um, because they were in complete control. And that was a third quarter drive that actually ended in a field goal, the 49-yard uh, Boswell field goal. But what did you see yesterday? completely that makes you feel that this can be sustained going into the Ravens game? Well, it's it's because they, they showed so much creativity and, and, and they kept the, the Bengals off, off balance and, and, and they, they let the, the offense run through not just James Conner, but James Conner and Jalen Samuels. And we talked about last year, how much better the offense looked when it ran through Conner. And yesterday you had it running through two running backs. And I think, you know, I, you know, you're not going to be able to sustain the, the wildcat uh, thing th- through the course of the year, but I think it can help the offense evolve and 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 get Mason Rudolph to the point where where he can take the reins uh, more strongly and 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 it be his offense by the end of the year. But I think moving forward, this offense, you know, the way it was designed yesterday, I think it, it could get it can get the team to where it needs to go over the next three or four weeks. So the first three weeks of the season, Tony, all we did. Well, especially me, and I am definitely guilty of this. The only thing that I wanted to say over and over is this is the most unimaginative, generic offense that I've ever seen. 
And then last week during the uh, San Francisco game, I'm thinking, wait, this has been Roethlisberger's offense. Don't they need to go ahead and formulate an offense that that surrounds the talents and emphasizes the talents of Mason Rudolph. And that's kind of what they did yesterday. They, uh, You brought up a good point that I really wasn't thinking of. They went ahead and took the onus off of uh, number two. Mason Rudolph did not have to carry the team on his shoulders, even though he did. I mean, going 20 for 24, uh, was that his final, excuse me, 24 for 28, 229 yards and two touchdowns. That's a pretty good line. Um, but at one point he was 17 of 18 and that mm-hmm. was at the end of the first half. I mean, I know it's small little passes, um, things that we complain about the Patriots doing to us all the time, but finally we're doing what has been done to us and it's pretty hard to stop and you have the personnel for it. And it's funny, the one guy that you would think that they would be employing in that would be Ryan Switzer and he was hardly anywhere to be found. Um, he didn't get a single target. So I don't think he was in for a snap. I think he just played special teams. So they have, they have gone out and um, emphatically um, said that the receiver, the main receiving core on this team is Juju Smith Schuster. It's uh, James Washington and it's Deontay Johnson. And Deontay Johnson has announced himself with authority that he is, um, that he is a true player on this team and uh, and someone that you have to account for. Um, now we're needing James Washington to step up and do the same thing. You had a game where you didn't need Juju Smith-Schuster to catch more than three passes. But if he needed to be called upon, he would have been there. But the offense was working those running backs um, for yards as receivers. And the thing about it, if you look at James Connors line, when you say, okay, the guy only got 42 yards, are you going to complain about that? The reason you're not because those tap passes that were basically runs to me, he accounted for like 30, 40 yards with that. But when he had a total offense of 125 yards, 83 receiving on eight receptions and, uh, 10 carries for 42 yards, then you're like, wow, he had an amazing game. And that's just, remember when they, uh, I believe it was Arians would do those uh, quick little passes to Antonio Brown and Mm -hmm. the receivers just uh, maybe Haley did it too. I'm not sure which one now at this point. Um, I think they both did. But it was a point to like, we don't feel like we have the running game in check. So this is going to be our running game. So, I mean, if you're a fantasy geek and you're like, oh, he only got me 42 yards, but you're happy that he got 83 more yards um, receiving. So it doesn't matter how he gets the yards, Tony, as long as he's getting the yards. And that's exactly what James Conner is doing. That is exactly what Jalen Samuels is doing as well. He is uh, he had 57 yards receiving. He had 26 yards um, rushing on 10 carries as well. But, you know, here's the thing about it. He was also a wildcat quarterback, even though he did not throw the ball whatsoever. Um, You know, so with that being said, it was an imaginative offense. Cincinnati was not ready for this. But can the Steelers sustain this? And could they possibly do it next week? Maybe, uh, Maybe 
because um, this is my thinking. If you go dust off the same wildcat and the same thing that you just did against Cincinnati, they're going to be ready for it because I don't care what personnel is on the Baltimore Ravens. They're smart enough. Uh, Wink Martindale is definitely smart enough to go ahead and, and stop that. So uh, what can they do different? Is this a sustainable offense? And you already answered that, that they've got to mix it up. But do they have enough? Does Randy Feetner have enough to go ahead and mix this up for next week? What are they going to come out with? Or are they just going to fall back into old stuff? Old well, yeah, I, I think so. It's, it's, it's an evolving process. I mean, this is, you know, it was his second start, you know, meaning Mason Rudolph. He has 10 quarters of experience under his belt. And, and you know, we always talk about grooming the quarterback. Well, unfortunately, this is how you, you groom quarterbacks. Like you groom any other position. He has to get in there and, and play. And I think the more experience he gets, the more this offense is going to evolve. And I think what you're going to have to see maybe next week is the receivers have to have to be in the mix a little bit more. I mean, last night, how, how, how often were both Connor and Samuels open, just open underneath? That's probably not going to happen next week because the, the Ravens defense is more disciplined and you know, they're going to, they're going to see that on tape and they're going to try to uh, put more, more guys near the line of scrimmage to, 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 to take on those running backs and, and make sure they're covered out of the backfield. So maybe it's up to the receivers. Now the onus is on a Juju or a James Washington or, or a Deontay Johnson, somebody like that. Th- th- those three guys, Vance McDonald, hopefully he gets, he comes back where they, they get open more downfield and then maybe you can play the Rudolph strengths and maybe, uh, take the take the uh, handcuffs off him a little bit, and maybe maybe you uh, exploit them downfield. It's not going to be easy. Not with like with a Marlon Humphrey as your as one of their cornerbacks. He's a really good young player, so it's not going to be easy. But I think they're going to have to mix it up. The receivers are going to have to have to play a, a bigger role next week. Yeah, they are. But you said something very interesting there. And what I noticed when you said, if they have to pay attention more to the running backs out of the backfield then those guys are going to get open more. Um, if Vance McDonald's back, that's just an extra weapon because, believe you me, they found a new weapon in uh, Nick Vanett. This guy, I mean, he's two for 28. And is with not even being on the team for four or five days, I guess, um, he just arrives, and then they go ahead, and they put him in. I mean, they had to put him in, of course. But he contributed right away. So, and here, here's another thing about Vanit that not a lot of people brought up, but I noticed he worked out in the offseason for some reason with Mason Rudolph. So these guys are familiar with each other. They've, they've, uh, they've really have a rapport, and that's a great thing. Vance McDonald has a rapport with Mason Rudolph. You might see two tight end sets now with two guys capable of catching footballs very well i mean you can't you won't be able to double up mcdonald's so if they're both healthy that's a great new wrinkle there um and the one last thing to say about nick vanit is hey your fifth round pick just came in and got 28 yards um you don't see that very often from the fifth round pick the first time they step on the field so um i'm liking that trade too because you know we could talk about first rounders all you want, giving up first rounders, but a fifth round pick, eh, you know, guys, that's a great deal. You have an opportunity to go ahead and uh, get something out of them now. I love it. And I'm worried about now. And the great now is 
you have a team that is one game out of first place and a chance to be in a tie for first um, coming up next week. So I love it. So I agree. I, I'm sorry. I just uh, go ahead, Tony. Well, no, I just expand on what you said about Vanette and and and, uh, and, and McDonald uh, working out in the in the off season. I mean, you saw that on that one play, the, the comeback catch by Vanette. I mean, uh, essentially, uh, he was covered, and 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 Rudolph anticipated that he would he would be open, and and he threw it where only where he he could catch it, and he he dove down and and made a great catch. It was it showed great chemistry between the two of them, and it showed great instincts, quite frankly, by Rudolph. I, I thought it was really one of, one of his best throws of his career so far. Yeah, that, that's true. And uh, we were talking about it, and I was doing knee-jerk reaction like I always do. And one of the things that I wrote was, I just want to see them try to stretch this this defense out with a pass downfield. And when they did that, did you see how open, yeah. just how very open Deontay Johnson was? It was crazy. I'm still not sure why he had a jump in the air. Like <laughs> I was getting a little scared on that. But uh, yeah, that's... Uh, so I was really happy with what they did with the offense. But my question to you, Tony, is one of the most important things and the biggest problem with the Steelers so far this year that no one expected was the offensive line. So you have the offensive line playing. I thought the first series, I thought they looked awful. I was like, you know, they're getting no running room. Nothing's happening. Then they started opening things up with the pass. And all of a sudden, when you're handing off, they're getting running room. So what were your thoughts, and who really shined the most on that offensive line last night? I thought I thought uh, uh, Palantir and Castro looked great, especially uh, pulling our running plays. They both look like they're, they're Pro Bowl selves. And, and uh, uh, you know, the, the entire line looked great. I mean, I don't think Rudolph was was hit once. The, the Bengals weren't, weren't even they – they, they didn't even post a, a quarterback hit. So I thought – I thought the entire line looked great, obviously, but I thought the Castro and, and Pouncey looked comfortable, looked like their old selves uh, on, on like on pulling plays because they, they obviously did a lot of those with the jet sweeps, and it was like uh, it was like watching watching those guys when you know playing at their at their very at, at their vintage best. Now here's uh, here's something that uh, Jared Devil just mentioned, and I don't know what I've been doing, how I missed this, but I was not over aware that LJ Fort is now a Baltimore Raven. So we're actually going to see LJ Fort um, come this Sunday. Um, so thanks, Jared Devil, for that. I'm um, not sure where I've been, but <laughs> there you go. Um, sometimes I, I get lost in the shuffle as well, but uh, it'll be interesting to see LJ Fort back. That does not change the situation with the draft pick. So I'm still thinking that uh, next year you will uh, actually this season, you'll see uh, Moncrief let go to uh, try to recoup that third round draft pick for Le'Veon Bell. Um, just because with the Eagles cutting for it, that means that uh, that's off the table. But uh, if I'm, I don't think I'm mistaken in this. I don't think that changes anything as far as the Steelers, since he was picked up off of waiver. Yes. Uh, Dave Schofield mentions that was yesterday's news. I agree. I took yesterday off getting ready for the game. So um I uh, I was in the basement. Let's just put it that way, and I uh, was completely out of sorts. So um, thanks, Dave, for uh, rubbing that in with a nice emoji. I, I really appreciate that because you know Dave Dave knows that I would never, and I mean ever, 
put anything uh, that Dave, any of Dave's mistakes out there. He knows I wouldn't do that. I'm surprised. he. Okay, I can't even do that with a straight face. Uh, Dave and I have a friendly rivalry, and I do with Jeff as well. And um, mm. so, so, Tony, let's look forward real quick. I mean, we're looking back, but let's look forward to Baltimore. What part of yesterday's game, yesterday's game plan, could they go ahead and recycle for the Ravens without getting burnt? And what do they want, need to stay away from yesterday? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Whew. I don't know, that's a good question because they they always have a disciplined defense. But uh, I I think you could could still make some hay with with the Wildcat. I mean, you you don't want to... you don't want to go crazy with it, but you could still do those tap pass as, as provided the, the ball security is, is there with Samuels and, and Connor. And, and you could still use uh, uh, even Deontay Johnson on sweeps. I think you, you have to do misdirection with, with their defense because they're, you know, they're, they're it's such an aggressive defense and it's such a fast defense and it's going to be hard to challenge their cornerback. So I think you have to, you have to continue to make it a horizontal game and, and, and have those guys try to get them out of position like they were doing yesterday with the Bengals. Let me ask you this, my friend. Do the Steelers need to become a gimmick team right now with their personnel because they don't have Mason Rudolph um, seasoned is what I'm going to say. Um, is that something they are going to need to do? Oh, I, I think I think in, for the foreseeable future because, I mean, we're, we're in what, four, through four games now and the receivers are still struggling. Uh, I don't know if they're struggling to get open or if Mason Rudolph is just he doesn't have the confidence to to throw them open, you know, you know, throw them 50-50 balls like like Ben would do or, or or another veteran quarterback would do. So I think until until there's a better rapport between Rudolph and his receivers, until they're more willing to 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 strike downfield, I think you have to you have to be creative with, with the gimmicks like, like like it was like they were yesterday. I think I think you just have to do that and you have to keep evolving the offense every week. You have to keep tweaking it. I was saying last night, it looks like when they, when they were doing those tap passes, not really the tap passes, but the um, the wildcat, it looked like they were they were setting up a a a, a other teams for for, for a, a halfback pass or a receiver pass. So I think you have to keep evolving the offense. Are we going to see Jalen Samuels, who looked I thought looked fantastic yesterday? He's a perfect wrinkle for this team. Are we ever going to see him pass the ball? I think you're going to, I think eventually you will, if, if they keep using him in that formation, he's eventually you're going to have to, you're going to have to try to keep the defense honest with a pass. And he said he, he threw one in college for 60 yards, a 60 yard touchdown. So I think eventually uh, they're going to try it anyway. Let me ask you this. Who is right now at this point through four games, who's the most dangerous weapon on the Pittsburgh Steelers offense? Whew, and do not dangerous. say me. You can't say you can't say Mason Rudolph. The most dangerous? Yes. I think the, the way he's played, the way he's been able, able to get open downfield, even though they haven't been like 80 yard bombs, I think it's Deontay Johnson. I can't believe I'm saying that, but he, he's been finding ways to get open downfield. And 
and and Rudolph found a way to uh, develop a rapport with him. So I think right now he's he's that X factor that they that their offense uh, was looking for in the in the receiving core coming into the year. Was uh, Deontay Johnson worth a third round pick? That sounds like that's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know much about him when I first drafted him, but the more I see him, the more he looks like somebody who could really develop into something special. And and the, the AB comparisons, they're looking more and more like they might be apt. So if we if we had a certain um, deputy editor that is probably watching this right now, I'm not going to say his name because I don't want to embarrass him, but it rhymes with uh, Rave Rowfield. Um, if uh, if Rave were on here. Um, do you think that he would uh, like to go back in time, build a time machine, and uh, go ahead and say that uh, maybe they didn't uh, make a mistake taking this guy way too early? Uh, I'm sure. He, I'm sure he might. He, he's going to forever he regret saying that. Yeah, but uh, but uh, yeah, we've all been wrong on draft day. I know I've been wrong. Oh, I'm times. always wrong. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, 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 back in 2013, I was like. Why'd they draft this Le'Veon Bell? Who's he? They don't need a running back. Obviously, I was wrong about that. So, I, mean, I was wondering why they drafted another receiver after they took one in the third round of 2010. So, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, and the rest is is history. But uh, anyways, the you know what? I'm really excited about, about this whole uh, thing, this whole new wrinkle. I thought one thing was funny. Somebody mentioned, I'm not sure who it was, mentioned that they did not uh, see Mason Rudolph on the field lining up in the Wildcat, but there's a few plays that I saw him there. There's one um, that was a pretty significant play where he just stood there. I was surprised <laughs> that the whole offense didn't get, didn't get a, a false start because he just stood there as a, <laughs> as a receiver. Right. He was just yeah, like hanging out. <laughs> he didn't he didn't really uh he, he he kind of um projected that play there by not moving you you know what i'm uh i'm gonna go ahead and bring this up too um i'm with ben we don't meet need mason haha because that goes back to that kind of lets a rave off the hook um rave rowfield off the hook because that's another <laughs> third rounder that uh you know ben didn't really think they they needed a quarterback at that position as well so um you know and I, you know, I will, one of the neighborhood kids came up to me yesterday and he's like, Hey, did you know that Ben Roethlisberger called a radio station up last year and said, and complained that they, uh, they chose Mason Rudolph. I'm like, yeah, that didn't. And this kid's a Ravens fan. So he's always trying to bust my chops here. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that really didn't happen that way. Oh, yes, it did. I'm like, no, dude, no, it didn't. So I'm arguing with an 11 year old, by the way. And uh, he's like, oh, yes, I know it did. And this is a really intelligent kid. This kid is off the charts intelligent, but um, he just loves going after the Steelers. And he was convinced that he did this. I'm like, let me tell you something, buddy. <laughs> so I bring that out. And I'm like, not only was I listening to it, but I wrote an article right away because I was listening to it live. And so I know all about what happened there. He was saying something a little bit different. He didn't call in complaining. Um, so with that being said, let's talk about some bright spots. You know, we had some, uh, we had some, uh, 
really great bright spots yesterday, and we've talked about them. We have talked about the uh, Mason Rudolphs, and we've talked about the Deontay Johnsons, and we've talked about Jalen Samuels um, as well. Um, let's look for some more bright spots like going forward that you've got to be really excited about. It could be offense or defense. Did I lose oh, you there, Tony? Oh no, I, I thought you were you were looking at the uh, the board. As far as bright spots, for sure, um, uh, you have to go with that. You have to talk about Devin Bush and the game he had yesterday. I mean, he had what, nine tackles and his first sack, a pass defense, three uh, tackles for loss. I mean, he he looked like the guy that we all were hoping he would be in the preseason, the rookie sensation. And uh, yes, it was the Bengals, but still, he's a rookie, and I thought he looked totally at home. He's one bright spot. I thought Joe Hayden had his best game of, of the year yesterday. Uh, I thought Steven Nelson uh, was robbed on, on the uh, the one uh, pass interference. So, you know, those are three three uh, bright spots on defense. Cam Hayward looked looked uh, uh, as dominant as ever with two and a half sacks. So T.J. Watt looked like T.J. Watt. And Bud Dupree had his, had his best game of the year. So there were a lot of bright spots. And I think we were waiting for that kind of game to, to uh, come from the defense. They, they've been this close each, the last three weeks of having that kind of game. And, and they, they finally put it all together yesterday. Tony, 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 I agree with you, but you missed a big one. You missed actually two biggies, but uh, I mean, of course you missed TJ. And at this point, I mean, we just expect TJ to go nuts every week. Probably one of the best draft picks that they have had in ages. Um, so, I mean, that's without being said. So he's easy to overlook because you just expect him to be Take the guy we're granted. always talking about. Yeah. But Mark, Mark Barron. Yeah, had a phenomenal ball game. So he had 11 tackles yesterday. I I believe uh, nine of them were solo, if I'm not mistaken. But one of the biggest plays from him was he got beat by uh, Tyler Eifert very early um, after after the Deontay Johnson fumble um, early on. And he rebounded with a lot of speed to go ahead and knock that out of the way knock that ball completely yeah. out of the way and force them to a field goal. And when I saw that, I was like, wow. I mean, so I'm sure he's hurt. He heard a lot of criticism last week. This team is, uh, I really like how this team is rebounding from bad games and taking it personally. It shows a lot of heart. And, um, cause we were really high on Mark Barron. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, then all of a sudden, we're like, yeah, just the San Francisco game. He had a dreadful game. Hey, they're gonna have dreadful games, but and I'm gonna, I'm gonna quote uh, Sean here. They need to keep playing angry. Yeah. I think he was playing angry. I think Hayward. Hayward's heard a lot of, gotten a lot of guff right now because yeah, he was not playing up to par. But let's uh, let's talk about another thing. The D, the defense is gelling. Here's one of the best things about last night that no one's talking about. And I'm going to go ahead and bring this up is, you know, who didn't, we didn't hear his name hardly at all was Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah, he didn't. And that's not a bad thing though. No. You know, that means, that means nothing was going on. Right. Guess who else, guess who else we didn't hear his name? Terrell Edmonds. Edmonds. Yeah. So, you know what? We're not talking about the great things that they did because they didn't have to. They were doing the little things. Right. They were doing the little things 
that no one saw to mean that they weren't getting picked on. So you could actually say that Terrell Edmonds had a, a phenomenal game and Minka Fitzpatrick had a phenomenal game. Yeah, they didn't show up huge on the stat sheet, but they're doing something, right? Right, right. Yeah, and, and, and you know, it's a testament to how good that pass rush was. I mean, Dalton, he, you could see he was so frustrated by the third quarter. He was slamming the balls. He was coming off the, coming off the sideline or coming onto the sidelines off the field. And he didn't have much time to go to go deep. So, you know, uh, you know, and, and whatever, and whenever he did, they, they, they had no success. So, you know, you like safeties are kind of like linemen, offensive linemen. If you don't hear from them, it's usually a good thing. And, and you didn't hear their names called at all yesterday, which as you said, is, 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 is a testament to the defense as a whole, but particularly to them for staying at home and doing their jobs. Andy Dalton threw the ball 37 times, had 21 completions for 171 yards, and that interception as well. Um, but you look at uh, only one receiver caught more than four balls. Actually, well, G- Giovanni Bernard and and uh, Joe Mixon had four each, but they're, they're running backs. But uh, you know, Ogden Tate, he was four for 50. And he's a giant six five guy, and um, that's a guy that he wasn't stymieing them. But when you hold Jalen Rose, excuse Jalen Rose, oh my gosh, did I just do that? John Ross, I'm not even a basketball fan. I'm talking about Jalen Rose. Uh, that's how excited and giddy I am about this game. But when you hold John Ross and Tyler Boyd to six catches and 69 yards, then you're doing a great thing. I had a guy come up to me. I I went to trivia before the game and this guy's like, all right, I need, I need uh, about 15, 16 points from Joe Mixon and Tyler Boyd to win tonight. And I'm like, yeah, you're, you're going to get that. Mm -hmm. I mean, you'll get that. No problem. Yeah. He didn't get it. I mean, he didn't get that at all. They didn't get in the end zone. They didn't, I mean, six, six catches. Yeah. So, um, and I think we're a half point per league, uh, a half point per reception league. So, I mean, yeah, he, he didn't come close to it. And uh, (laughs) David Lachlan brings up in fairness, Jalen Rose didn't do anything last night either. (laughs) True. Nobody on that team did. Yeah, so yeah, Jalen Rose had a he had a bad game, <laughs> and I thought. You know, the... Oh, sorry, Tony. Real quick, yeah, yeah. Michael Jordan, the greatest, the great yeah. one, didn't have a great game either. He was getting called out all night. So, uh, yes, yeah, so... <laughs> and Michael Jordan was on the field. Yeah, he was. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Tony. I I stole your thought. Well, no, I just I just thought the defense showed a lot of character after that Johnson fumble. I mean, you've seen a theme this year, whenever the, whenever the uh, offense turns the ball over, the defense just gives up a touchdown pretty easily. Whereas last night they, they limited, uh, limited to a field goal. And if once for that, they would have had a shutout. And you said, you know, uh, you know, uh, Barron had made that great play on, on Eifert to recover after being beaten, knocked the pass away. So I thought they showed great heart uh, after the, after the, uh, the Johnson interception, because if it happened early in, in the game, it, it could have been very easily, easy for them to say up oh, here we go again you know it's gonna be another long night but they wouldn't let that happen okay i am going to go ahead and uh 
and I'm going to open up the live chat, and we're going to talk about the defense and if they can sustain that. But before I do that, I want to talk one more, say one more thing about a shining star that we really got to talk about, and it's Randy Feetner. I, you know, I'm hard on Randy Feetner, just like I'm hard on uh, on Butler. But you know, you got to say that he came out and he really put together an innovative plan to recognize the strengths of everybody on that team. So, you know, as far as that goes, I have to give him credit. Yeah. Well, now, it, go ahead, Tony. Well, no, I mean, it, it, it's, it's a blow. It has to be a blow to a guy like that, you know, a, a young, at least a young and experienced offensive coordinator to lose so much talent in a short period of time, especially your, your franchise hall of fame quarterback. And, and now you have to start from scratch essentially. And, 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 and try to find a way to, to build the offense around other people. So, you know, it, you know, we, have, I, I think we sometimes forget that coaches, you know, they can learn too. And I think hopefully this, this will be a, a way for him to improve as an offensive coordinator moving forward. So we're talking about the defense. Now we're going to transition back over. Can they sustain this? Now vodka drinker says, finally, the D plays under 70 snaps. Yeah. I mean, a really big deal there. Bill Davis chimes in with defense complement of the offense and vice ver excuse me, defense complement the offense and vice versa. And then Kevin Shin, he mentions that it's because they didn't die yeah. of exhaustion. Right. You know, that's, that's a real big thing there too. Jerry Cherry Band, which, you know, one of these days, I, I got to know what that means. I, mm -hmm. I love, we've talked about this all the time. I love the, some of the names here and I'd love to know what the inspiration were uh, for. Maybe we just do a show in the off season when we just talk about everybody's names, um, when we're looking for stuff mm -hmm. to talk about. Jerry Cherry Band says it's a new team out there. Um, Sean Manahan, and these are great comments, by the way. Um, Sean, now they're getting up to game shape, so they're playing better. You know, we've that's what the defense is doing. Is this a sustainable defense? Do you think the defense has really turned a corner here? Oh, I think they've been they've been itching to have a game like that. I think they've been close to having a game like they had last night. They, they just needed the right right circumstances, and and the offense provided that by by uh, uh, keeping him off the field. Troy Palomalu, of all people, said it years ago, like like the one uh, uh, commenter said, that the, the offense complements the defense and vice versa. You need – they work hand in hand. And and, and I think this defense can sustain itself because I think the talent is there. We've talked about it. They've had, they have what, 10 first-rounders on the, on the uh, left side of the ball now, and and and, and their, their pass rush has been a thing for two-plus years. It's been one of the best pass rushes in the league. They just needed to find – they just needed a couple people to put, to put it all together – I think you have that with with Bush now in the middle, and, and maybe uh, a Fitzpatrick in the secondary, and that really rounds out the defense. And I think I think it it, it can it's only going to get better as the, I think it's only going to get better as the year goes along. They just need to be able to finish off games, and we saw that last night. They finished off that game, and they put their foot down, and they put their foot their throat, or their, they stepped on their, on the Bengals' throat, and they they wouldn't let them up. Dwayne Cantel, he says, "Can we show Bud some love? We got to show some buds." Bud some love for absolutely for what he did last night. Um, really, really good game. Um, I thought at one point, I thought he was mugged on one play and yeah. he still made the sack. Um, you know, they didn't call it, but they, they didn't have to because he got in there. Um, or was it on the, the forced fumble? Um, it, maybe it was on the fumble, but it, it was great. Um, here's another comment 
to um, and I just lost it. Uh, Jay Steele, three thousand. Um, yes, we fixed the free safety problem. Now it allows the LBs to play clean. That's that's really what it's allowing the defense to do. Um, you know, and now if the offense could keep them off the field, like it was mentioned that they're t- they were tired. Um, Bill Davis, um, once again, no relation. I mean, we could be somewhere mm-hmm. down the line. Um, my dad is, I bring this up every time. My dad's Bill Davis, but this is definitely not my dad. Um, does anyone know what an interference is anymore? Um, I can answer that question, Bill. If the Steelers are accused of an interference call, then it is interference. If the Steelers throw the red flag, believing they have been interfered with, then it is not interference. So that's basically. <laughs> if they don't know, how are we supposed to know? If they, the, the, the officials don't seem to know. Al Riveron doesn't seem to know. So I don't know how we're supposed to know. I mean, I'm, I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy. But it's all. I mean, like you almost know that when Tomlin fl- throws the flag, that that red flag, that they're not going to go ahead and and call it. It's almost like a conspiracy, and I know it's not, but it just seems like it sometimes. And I was like, yeah, I mean, everybody, the guy that was the guy that was um, the uh, referee. Everybody has the referee in the booth now. The mm-hmm. referee that they had in the booth, and they go to, yeah, that's that's clearly to me that's pass interference, and like, of course, you knew it wasn't going to get overturned, even though everybody in the building believed it was interference. Um, I'm wondering if maybe it's not the Steelers, or maybe it's just a league thing. They don't want to overturn too many of those um, to show that they're they're wrong. I don't know, or maybe I'm I'm just well, maybe I'm just out of it. That's what they said in the offseason, but you saw that that play against Seattle in, 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 in week two. What was it? Second and twenty. I mean that that there was there was there was no uh indisputable evidence to to overturn the the non call on the field and that changed the whole game around. So I don't I don't know what to what to expect from week to week with that with that new uh that new emphasis on on pass interference. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, uh, Bill, that's that's the best answer we could we could uh, give you on that. Cree, a great uh, friend of the show, was disappointed on the offense taking the foot off the pedal in the fourth quarter. I think they were just trying to uh, make sure that uh, they just get out of the building. Darren Dalton says this, and Tony, I'll let you elaborate on this because I think you're going to agree with this. Show Boswell some love too, kicking them right down the middle nearly all night long. Yeah. Love and yeah. boss. I mean, I'm not even, I'm not even, let's knock on wood. John Gruden, knock on wood if you hear me. <laughs> um, but with, with that, with that being said, you know, I feel really comfortable right now with him. Um, yeah. What, yeah, are, what we, are your thoughts on boss? Well, we talked about it all last season. I think it was a mental thing with him. I think he, 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 was in his head all year after missing that, that overtime kick in Cleveland and he never got over it. And I think he, he, he uh, decompressed in the offseason. He, 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 
you know, he practiced, he, he did everything he needed to do to get himself right. And I think it's, it's showing this year. He looks like he did 2015 through 2017. He looks like the old boss. So I think whatever mental demons he had last year are, are gone. And I think he's back to his old self. And I can't wait to see how he responds in a, uh, in a tight situation. Hopefully, uh, not anytime soon unless my heart can take it, but, but I'm sure there will be a, 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 a important kick that he has to come through on. And I, and I, I can't wait to see how he responds. I, I'm feeling pretty good about that. Real quick, Jerry Cherry Band says, Jerry Cherry's a singer-songwriter and a Steelers fan. I love it. That's that's awesome. Um, Steven, uh, if I mess up your name, if I mess up anybody's name, please, uh, you know, you could phonetically write it down. Um, I'm going to try this. Uh, Steven Carestes. Uh, we changed the topic to what is a catch to what is a pass interference. Yes. That's what, yeah, that was the, fl it's the flavor of the month right, right. now. Um, so uh, snowman says uh, boss is back. Um, another friend of the show, captain underpants, <laughs> um, 14 sacks in yeah. four games. I mean, gosh, the record's 55. So uh, right, right now it was at 56 now. Um, but right now, they're right on track for 56 again. Um, yeah. But I think they're going to have, I think they're going to have a lot of multiple, like a four plus sack nights. I, I think uh, with this defense right now, I'm thinking that you're going to go ahead and, and uh, take the over every single time on sacks. Um, yeah. So, um, and uh, one more thing about Boswell, the, the 49 yarder. Yeah. When I saw 49 yarder go through, I felt pretty good. Vodka drinker. We won't jinx them, but we've, I mean, you got to give the guy credit though. Um, I yeah. definitely do not want to jinx this guy whatsoever. Oh, I did a good job on the last name from Steven hmm. Carestas. Um, so, and yeah, Snowman agrees it was 56 sacks is the record. Um, music playlist guy. Um, gosh, I'd love to see your music playlist then. That's that's really cool because I'm a music playlist guy. I have over 250 songs on my iTunes just from 1984 alone. Um, but that's hmm. that's for another day. That's for the off season too. We'll, uh, we'll uh, do my little 80s music trick too, but we're going to save that uh, till February because hopefully this team's playing late in February. Boz was put on the IR at the end of the year. You sure he wasn't dealing with an injury last year and that it was leading to him over adjusting because of that? I agree with you 100%. In fact, that's something I almost brought up. I just moved on with it um, because the great thing about Boz is if he was, he wasn't using it as an excuse. And even after the season did not use it as an excuse. I would go crazy um, every with how bad Mike Mitchell was. Every time Mike Mitchell had a bad year, he bragged. I don't want to say bragged, but he scapegoated the injury that he had. And, uh, oh, I was playing with a torn this, and I was playing with this, and I, uh, I had a Rubik's Cube stuck in my throat. I mean, it was, I mean, it was like, there was always an excuse. I don't know where that came from. Um, I was thinking 80s, I guess. But with that being said, you know, that's, uh, there's always seemed to be an excuse, and Boswell's not an excuse guy. And, uh, gosh, we were hard on that guy last year, so let's keep on knocking on wood on that guy. Um, love it. Um, with that being said, we're going to get ready to wrap up. Um, if you do have any more questions for the show, there's one from way back and I don't have your name because this is kind of a rapid fire thing. Somebody at asked, um, what legitimately they think the, uh, Steelers record is going to be this year. 
Um, oh gosh, Schofield. <sighs> 83 had some pretty good hits. I'm an 84 guy, but that's that's just me. Um, Schofield, get, always giving me guff. And I think mm-hmm. guff is makes me sound like an 80-year-old man, but I'm uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Uh, Mark Davison says 10 and 6. So uh, what are you going to go ahead and revamp the record? So uh, the first quarter's over, 1 and 3. Um, what are you thinking, Tony? Oh, gosh. I, I mean, it's... There's so many unknowns. That, that's the thing. It, it, we still don't know about Rudolph. We, just, we still don't know about the who's who, you know how this receiving core is going to respond without Antonio Brown. But you know, I think the way they've looked the last three weeks, even without Ben, I think you can you can realistically you know provided you know all things you know they're hitting on all cylinders. I think you could at this point, based on the teams that are on the schedule, you can expect anywhere between seven and ten wins. I know it's not a, a perfect answer, but I think that's we can we can anywhere in that range they might be any, anywhere between seven and ten wins you know what i'm uh i'm thinking that uh this team is a nine and seven ten and six team um at worst and i was saying that all along um i am i yeah i've been uh i have been giving uh dave uh junk all night but uh dave did a great job um last week on the show and even uh like all through the week on his shows and every show he's done going ahead and mentioning that uh the Steelers clear path is probably through the division and uh the schedule is front loaded it's a lot harder um you know 13 and 3 is possible and that's winning out and you know in a way I don't know if I want them to win out um uh, and I don't really think that's possible because this is still a, a very young team that's going to make some mistakes. But and when I say I don't want them to win out, it's just you know that's a lot of pressure going into the playoffs. We've seen a thirteen and three team go into the playoffs and really struggle. We're getting some eight and eights. We're getting some thirteen and threes. Um, <laughs> Snowman, I'm going to throw this up. Um, Snowman is throwing in two dollars for Jeff's number two Mason jersey. Um, so our editor, Jeff Hartman, I don't know if you know this. Uh, he has. We always joke about him having a man crush on Mason Rudolph, and this is this is really since Mason was drafted. He he loved it about it, and uh, but you know, and I have the opportunity to get some jerseys sometimes, and I'm like a. Uh, Jeff, when do you want me to go ahead and, and get you your uh, your Mason Rudolph jersey? And he's like, hmm. "Well, I gotta wait until they uh, he gets his first. So, because he's a, here's a guy that he only owns Ben Roethlisberger jerseys. That's all he would wear all those years. So, wow. um, <laughs> sounds so like he has a, he, we'll, he wants uh, to be the leader. Yeah, I mean, he's, maybe he's maybe that's guy. it. And, and he is the quarterback of our uh, our uh, yeah, little home yeah. big web. I mean, blog site here too. Um, Sean Manahan says eleven and five, third seed, Super Bowl champs. Yeah, that would be absolutely amazing. I'll, I mean, I'll sign I, my name and blood for that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I would give up a lot for that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, me, Dwayne. Dwayne, I love this. Mason looks like Edward from Twilight. I thought he looked more. I actually thought he looked more like uh, 
Jacob from Twilight, the werewolf guy. But um, that's uh, that's true. I also thought he looked like Sidney Crosby too. Um, but you know, we're gonna have to. We'll have to find a picture. Too bad we couldn't put pictures up on the live chat. I mean, I'd love to get mm -hmm. some. Uh, we'll, we'll have to see that. We'll have to check that out. But um, a lot of people are saying sixth seed. Really, I think the Steelers right now, I think their best chance is to win this division. And I think it is becoming a very winnable division. Um, Chris Lott, I love this comment. This comment just came up. And Chris Lott's from Akron. Um, if we could take the division, that would be a great way to shut these clowns fans up. And uh, look, uh, oh my gosh, now we're oh boy. Um, <laughs> when now we're comparing what other people look like in their Disney characters, and um, so yeah, music playlist guy brings up the fact that if uh, we win the division this week, Browns lose Monday night, leading the division, yeah. That, I mean, that would be that would be huge, um, because you would you would be two and zero in the division, the Browns would be one and one. Um, you would have the tiebreaker over. You would have the tiebreaker over the Ravens, but hey, it's still a long, long season. Um, the uh, teams we lost to, uh, the Browns and Ravens, haven't played yet. Um, Sean Manahan brings up, hey, the Seahawks are looking like a really good team right now. Um, in fact, I think the Seahawks are, became a much better team after they beat the Steelers. Yeah. Um, because that was a very winnable game. The 49ers game was a very winnable game. This team should be three and one right now. They're not, we've accepted that, but there's a clear path to go ahead and win this division. They've got to keep on going. Um, so you know, at that point, we can't look ahead. I mean, they still have a lot of winning to do. I, I think that this team reminds me a whole heck of a lot of that uh, that uh, 1989 team that started out um, being down 92 to 10, losing their first two games, then beat a really good team in Minnesota. But here's here's the thing: that team ended up nine and seven. They uh, went from a uh, a uh, a drop pass by uh, I believe it was Mark Zeno who uh, dropped the pass in Denver, and uh, they had a doink in by David Treadwell in the in the the uh, Broncos game, and they really could have been in the AFC Championship game um, against the Cleveland Browns. Um, so that that was something. But this team has a lot more talent yeah. than that Bubby Brister led 1989 team, but it kind of reminds me of it. So I think things are going in the right direction. Um, we're going to go ahead and cut off uh, the questions at this point. And um, Tony, what it's closing time. And uh, you don't got to go home, but you can't stay here. So what's your final thoughts on last call? Well, my final thought is, is I thought Mason Rudolph really, you know, it's subtle, but I think he made some huge strides uh, between his first start and the second. You saw that on that first touchdown to Connor when he, he was supposed, I think he was supposed to throw it to Juju, a little shovel pass. And he, he just quickly decisively threw it to Connor. He saw that Juju was, was, uh, was covered and he threw it to Connor. And so I think you're going to see a lot, a lot uh, more of an evolution from him than people think uh, moving forward. I, I'm really excited about what he can do the rest of the year. That's, uh, you know, I'm really excited about that too. I am going to go ahead and uh, reiterate what Eddie Brock just said. Um, you're a, 
your image there scares me, Eddie, but uh, we got to take it one game at a time and absolutely right. So the one game here is the Baltimore Ravens, John Harbaugh and his gang of ruffians coming to town. And uh, here we go. Um, so with that being said, beat the Ravens. It is Ravens week. It is something to uh, go ahead and enjoy because I think it is the best rivalry in all of football. Hopefully next week, it's a happy hangover as this family, this family that I cherish, and I can speak for Tony. Tony cherishes this family as well. It's our Behind the Steel Curtain family. This is uh, We had over 100 on the live chat. We really appreciate you being a part of our joy this week. And even when it's, it's paid, you're around too. So we take care of each other. Um, Absolutely. So uh, thanks for a great show tonight. And we will go ahead and talk to you next week. Remember all of the other shows on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Um, you can get them on any platform you want. Stat Geek is tonight as well. We're doubling up. So don't forget Dave Schofield. Um, always a very informative, great show. I love it. So make sure you check that out. Then tomorrow night, on Wednesday night, you'll have uh, Jeff and Lance again. I believe it's the standard is the standard. And the preview show will be uh, this week as well with uh, Jeff, Dave, and myself. There's so much more. There's the burning question. There's Lance's, yeah, I said it. Um, really good stuff. We want to be here for you. Breaking news, all kinds of comments, all kinds of chat. It's really important to us. Stick with Behind the Steel Curtain for all your Pittsburgh Steeler needs. For Tony Defio, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. You, my friends, have just been hungover. Good night. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChampaCasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.